Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of the Imaginary Movie Podcast, a podcast uh, where we watch a movie and then we talk about it. My name's David, and Sam, let's uh, get, ooh, I don't know, um, a big sitcom star, let's get the guy from the Police Academy films, let's get a baby, shit tons of sexy extras, load them all onto Tom Selleck's moustache, and ride it all the way to $240 million at box office. Uh, we've got a, a similar theme here. Uh, my name's Sam, and it's great to watch a movie where we get to see some positive portrayals of men that challenge stereotypes and break down societal barriers. That's right, moustaches are sexy. <laughs> and they were not in 1987. Fucking hell. <laughs> Burt Reynolds, Tom Selleck, and who else had a moustache in, in 87? Bronson, Tom. maybe? Bronson, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tom Selleck is uh, championing this this uh, moustache and has done throughout his whole career. I think when he takes it off, it looks that's it. Takes it off when he when it's removed, it he looks kind of weird. I think he needs it. He's kind of like um, have you ever seen Sam Elliott without a moustache? <laughs> yes, I wouldn't recommend it. Anchors, it anchors the top lip, doesn't it? In it's a way like that's quite some important. it's like some people like it seems like the face is built around the mustache, and and <laughs> Tom Selleck and Sam Elliott are two people like that. Um, however, the film we watched this week does not star Sam Elliott. Spoilers. Uh, we watched the 1987 um, Leonard Nimoy directed mm. uh, Three Men and a Baby, uh, Nimoy's first directorial film after Star Trek. So this is the first non-Star Trek thing he directed. Yes, yes. Uh, we could. I'd really like to get into a little bit more conversation because he's he's a good director, isn't he? I really like his direction, and I think he's just he's he's very good. But let's let's just go back a second to the re- to the reason that we're watching. If you haven't listened to our previous episode, Baby Driver, I suggest even just go and listen to the end. <laughs> I've forgotten why we watched this. <laughs> <laughs> Do you because we 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 got into a kind of baby themed mo- uh, uh, feel, and the alternative to watching this was The Green Mile, which is a great movie. I just don't want to subject that. It's the core message, Sam, of babies are aliens versus um, the death penalty is heinous <laughs> and inhumane. Like one of them is kind of like, oh, we can have fun with this. And the other one is raising a baby. <laughs> <laughs> you got me mid-drink, damn it. <laughs> well done. Ah, the old switcheroo. Uh, yeah, so we, we, we're doing this film because also, as you'll know, Ross isn't here and Ross wanted to watch The Green Mile and we don't. So we're until he's back... in wild Francine. Absolutely, um, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, Ross is uh, currently still on the run from The Joker, carrying on my joke from the last podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, he'll be back with us as soon as he, I guess, like time travels back to a time period with the internet. Well, possibly now now morphing into a terminator joke so i like it it's good, it's good i'm all over the place sam it's been one of those weeks yeah um, yeah so three men and a baby and uh in this movie three bachelors bachelors find themselves forced to take care of a baby left by one of the guy's girlfriends um as you say tom Selleck, steve gutenberg ted danson three like huge names in the late 80s well that's Let's maybe like just spend a bit of time and talk about that cast in terms of like where were they? Where were they in '87? You know, mm-hmm. um, Steve Gutenberg, of course. Um, the Stonecutters made him a star. Uh, <laughs> Steve 
Steve Gutenberg, obviously, like much more of like a B movie comedy guy, like Police Academy being the the big big sort of you know money making one. Um, Ted Danson, um, I think I can't, I don't think Cheers had ended at this point. I think Cheers, we were still in the, in the meat of Cheers as it were. So Ted Danson was like the biggest TV star, probably the biggest sitcom yes. star in America in eighty seven. Yes. Um, yes. We've we've talked previously about her. His um his co-star in that show, Shelley Long, attempting a, a movie career, and I think probably Ted Danson is is in the same bracket, isn't he? Of like, well, I'm he gave struggling it a good to think go. of another of another film I've seen him in. Um, it, it, I should really research this before the podcast, but like he was in Cheers, obviously, and then he's in The Good Place, uh, which is a much more. But he's in seven seasons of that, whatever. But outside of that, what's he done? Um, I think I, I don't think he's had. I think he's had quite a quite a lot, but not necessarily big stuff. Not like leading man, um, you know. Well, I think the tr- the transition from obviously TV star to movie star used to be a lot more. Number one, it used to be very much one way. You never had movie stars doing TV, but you'd sometimes get TV stars like Bruce Willis, for instance, who then went on to become big movie stars. Whereas nowadays, kind of that that's been reversed. What we're seeing now is movie stars making TV for streaming yeah. services. Because obviously the mouse owns everything, including... Um, <laughs> is this is a, um, a Searchlight film, Sam? Uh, a touchstone. Oh, touch, touchstone, sorry. Touchstone, touchstone. I believe. Um, yeah, so Disney is, owns yeah. this, uh, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, like, so that trajectory has kind of changed, whereas I guess in 87, like, this was Ted Danson's, like, I can be in movies. Actually, I think he is the worst lead cast member in this movie by Pro- quite some probably. distance. He's a bit lightweight, isn't he? He's not really. Yeah, I'm just looking through his, his his filmography. There's not a lot. It's all very much like on this, on you know, on this uh, trajectory. You've got Made I in guess America, so, Sam, 1993, if you were, Whoopi if Goldberg. You did, if you did eleven years on the biggest sitcom in America, you probably don't have to work ever again. Like you're probably fine. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I mean, unless you've got a gambling problem and then that ends up destroying you know all of your your riches, then you, yeah, you're okay. But but but. Uh, yeah, Steve. Steve. What about Steve Gutenberg then? Um, he he's a guy that I don't really like. I don't really have much of a read on him in terms of where he sits. He's not someone that that uh, pops up into my film watching experience very often. Um, and it's, well, it's essentially, maybe... he did kind of did. He's in, been in a lot of things, Sam, but maybe not like as a. When I said Police Academy earlier, it's because like that's kind of his big vehicle, and he was in the first two. And they made eleven thousand of those, but he was in the first two. I think he was and in the third like one just as well. A... And the fourth one. Oh, was he? Yeah, and the fourth one. <laughs> just... I I can't be certain about that. Really? It's true. It's... Yeah, you are right. I. That's what it says here. I am looking at it right now, and he made them all in the space of three or four years. Wow, that's the man's worked. Actually, I'll give him that. He's worked, but I've got no business seeing any of his films. Um, yeah, but he's kind of like then... your standard. Like he's, you know. A reason he looks like he could be a you know your typical sort of like leading man ish. He's good looking enough. Uh, he's tall enough, um, and he's funny. And I think that's kind of like where Steve Gutenberg's um, sort of niche is is that kind of like comedic relief. And he does have that in this film as well. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's an ensemble cast, isn't it? And I think that's you know Gutenberg and um, and Ted Danson very much supporting. I think. The, the 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 main guy, Daddy Selleck, yeah. who is 
fantastic in this this like, is this... a phenomenal performance i yeah. mean like and the big takeaway from this is tom Selleck is is amazing he's such a good actor obviously yeah. i mean that's not a big fucking you know reveal but, in 2021 but, no but there's a thing right there's a thing and it's and it's it often is derided but it's that leading man thing isn't it it's that ability to command a film to to to, to drag everything else with it and there's some shaky stuff in this movie that doesn't really make sense but it's, you kind of you kind of just you kind of just it, it papers over a lot of the cracks because of his warm charisma funny charismatic performance exactly yeah, yeah. so i i, I and you really are right like, Sam, and he is warm and he is funny and he does kind of debase himself a little bit the baby pisses all over him like and that only endears him more um by the way we should say just sideline because Ross isn't here, and he'd be upset with me if I didn't point this out. Selleck is a prime A beefcake in this movie. <laughs> you see so many shots of him in running gear or on a row machine, and he's like, I'm in my early 40s, but I still look good. Fuck you. And it's kind of like, whose decision do you think that was? Do you reckon the director was... Do you reckon the Moy was like, now, Tom, I love those shoulders. I love them. I need them in the <laughs> film more. How can we get these in the film more? The calves too, all of it. The hair, very 80s, love it. How can we get that in the movie? Or the do you think Salik was like? Do you think Salik was like number one? The mustache days. Um, I assume that's a rider in all of his contracts. Um, number two, like I have to be in various states of undress throughout this movie. I have to be looking saucy. Who do, whose idea do you reckon that was? Well, I I think I think it must be a contractual thing, as you say from Salik. It's <laughs> in every movie that he's he's gonna. Well, and why not? Why not? You've got this guy in there, and this is, you know, you you maybe you're. Uh, your target audience for this would include women, and I don't think that hurts. I think there's this a, is a, a this is a family movie. I don't think <laughs> this is necessarily for the guys. No, um, but it's but it but it's a film that, as you say, everyone could would turn up to. Everyone enjoyed themselves. The men want to be him. The women women want to be with him. You know, men also want to be with him. All of I that. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not going to discount that. Don't no say no to 1987 Tom Selleck. That mustache, <laughs> that physique. Those eyes, all of it, you know, it's all there. He knows what he's doing, doesn't he? And he's very good at it. So, yeah, so, like, all of this, all of this stuff here, this is, like, the perfect recipe for a movie. You've got a great director. Let's talk about Leonard Nimoy now as a director because just from the Star Star Trek movies, he directs my favourite Star Trek movies. Um, And I think that when you... His skill, I think, really, really as a director, comes through in those. And I think you see in this as well, I think the warmness we've described, I think the the sense of fun, the lightness that, it, that we get in this movie, I think comes from, um, you know, his his ability to corral actors. He's an actor himself. He understands what's going on. Um, and so when we when we talk about Search for Spock and Voyage Home, um, I think that's... Search for Spock is... It's not the best, but it's pretty good Voyage Home love it love it because it's light it's friendly it's a warm accessible version of star trek which is uh, exactly what was probably needed in in the in the mid 80s you know so he's he's got this great touch as a director that i really like and um yeah it's nice to see him yeah. show, you know um, I'm just, i was just going to look at other films that he directed and he didn't do loads more to be honest no not loads more no but a couple of star yeah. treks uh, the Good Mother, Funny About Love, and Holy Matrimony, as far as I can not tell. Any and I've of not those. seen any of those. But we should maybe 
if we can find them, dig into those because it would be interesting because I think, at, you know, the three movies of his that I've seen that he directed out of the six, um, you know, I really like. I like Search for, Search for Spock. Uh, I love Voyage Home. And actually, I quite liked this. And there are problems with it, obviously. You turned up to the Imaginary Movie Podcast. We are going to take a massive dump on this movie in about 10 minutes. However, <laughs> until that time, we're going to talk about how great London the Moy is. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's um, let's dig into. Should we start with the plot? I'd like to go through the plot on this because I think I think some well, of the issues. Shall we state straight off the bat? This is a remake of a French film. Yeah, a sentence on, on. which is usually followed by "and it didn't take," um, <laughs> with maybe the exception, you know, you know, some films like uh, you know maybe adapted okay. I think this is to date the most financially successful French remake. Or remake of a French movie in America. Um, yeah. So, what was the name of the French movie, Sam? Have you? Well, let's get. I'll, I'll be ready for some. I mean, it'll uh, be in French, but I want you to do the some accent. Some top quality and... offensive accents. Toi, Homet in or Coffin. Coffin. I don't know. Basically, three men and a cradle was the name of the 1985 French comedy movie by Colleen Soro. Uh This was remade as as the film we're talking about now, but also. Uh, remade into six movies in five languages, so this was a, this was a highly successful. I think um, that goes is goes towards what you were saying earlier, Sam. Where this is kind of the sort of movie that's got a bit of a bit of bit of something for everyone, you know. Like you've got the sort of you know the drug deal in it, and you've got like the drama, but also there's a baby and it's men not knowing how to deal with babies, and that's always funny. Like like you said, this is a movie you could take the whole family to, or you know, anyone could go and see, and that's maybe the, also the reason it made so much money and why it was adapted so much. And why Disney took it on. This is a Disney movie. This is a Touchstone Pictures. This is their like live action um, a studio, you know, the ones that they could kind of push it a little bit, a little bit more edgy than uh, I think Pretty Woman was the one we've watched recently, <laughs> which is a <laughs> wonderful, Woman was, um, a heartwarming ooh. Disney movie about a... Um, uh, a prostitute about prostitution, princess. yeah. That yes. heartwarming um, <laughs> Disney Disney princess uh, Julia Roberts as prostitute in Pretty Woman, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's lovely stuff. So, but but so I think this is but this is the type of thing that Disney are great at, isn't it? This is the this is the type of movie where they can come in. It's as we said for the whole family. You get a big uh, a lister in there, and then you make millions and millions of dollars. Um, punting that out there and I think this is a good success for Disney and boy did they need it I mean actually in 1987 they were struggling you know we we weren't quite at Disney Renaissance yet so this is a little bit before that as a kind of precursor to all the 90s stuff yes, that's uh, right kids or people below under 20 years old Disney didn't used to own everything we loved um, <laughs> that's kind of happened slowly um, I think it's a bit like the rise of fascism but time will prove me right or wrong on that one um, Disney pay suspect us suspect with uh, Walt Disney's views oh no they're not going to pay us now shit <laughs> they might they might they might, uh, the war. They might in, um, in the Bill Gates in the Simpsons way Sam they might buy us out buy us buy them out buy, them out, buy. Uh, go watch that in fact, <laughs> you think, I, you think I got rich paying people for their companies <laughs> <laughs> you Imagine should also go podcast, watch that podcast where we make jokes about episodes of the simpsons not related at all to what we're talking about <laughs> every single week that's what we do so let's get into the um the plot of this and because it's it's i i think it's a great example of your elevator pitch and 
so often we watch a movie and the problem is is that you can't explain it in a sentence you can't explain it as you know to, to some uh, arrogant movie executive who doesn't want to listen to you whereas three bachelors have to look after a baby is a great idea for a movie just straight what's, off the bat what's that the idea what's, so what's well. the example we usually use is like an elevator pitch it's it's die hard on a plane is the usual one we use isn't it of yes. like that's and how you, snakes exactly yeah. Yeah, and they're yeah. snakes. That's how you sell that movie. Like you said, Sam, this this guy's is like, you know, um, three bachelors uh, have to look after a baby. Like that's it. That's mm-hmm. all. That's the pitch right there. And there's kind of a simplicity to that. That's and it's interesting actually. Most good movies, most really good movies, can be boiled down to a very very simple line like that. You yeah, know? it's that classic uh, Blake Snyder. You know, the, the 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 book Saving the Cat by Blake Snyder, and he really talks about that. That how are you going to sum up your movie? How are you going to sell it? Because if you really can't, quickly? your movie's too complex, you know, um, which yeah. is a great sort of idea of the media. Looking at you, die hard with a vengeance. <clears throat> oh, there we go. <laughs> That's very simple, Sam. It's very, very simple. It's what's the stupidest possible way we can adapt this lethal weapon script into a die hard movie? Um, <laughs> and they did it. Yeah. And they did it. So, so let's talk about these three bachelors because I love mm-hmm. this bit and hate it and there's a lot to dig into here. Number one, why is, and I'll list this here, why is an architect in his mid-40s, a cartoonist slash puppeteer in his mid-30s, and a failed actor also in his mid-30s, why are they all living together? Like, honestly, why aren't, if they were 25, like, oh yeah, they all live together, like young people live together. No, Tom Selleck is 43 years old in this movie. Mm-hmm. Why are they mm-hmm. all living in this apartment together? Well, you know, New York's expensive, Dave, and and it's you know we haven't had wave, wave any wage growth for like you know fifteen years. Oh no, wait a minute, it's the late eighties. Everything's great, yeah. so these guys are rich. Also, they are flush with cash. Here, so Sam, I don't know. At this party scene that they have at the very beginning, it's um, Tom Selleck's birthday. Uh, they had they hired a hundred women to be extras in this party scene. That's mm-hmm. how big this apartment apartment obviously is a set, but this apartment they're supposed to be living in is. Wow, well, um, I, I think I read that maybe like four thousand people turned up to yeah, audition and they had to, on the off chance that they might <laughs> that they might meet Tom, Tom Selleck. Selleck. Tom yeah. Selleck, sex symbol. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although, actually, please do not look Mr. Selleck in the eyes. <laughs> Would be probably the uh, the response from his security guards. I yeah. think actually, like, what what do they say? They knew they obviously they knew all these women turned up, so they just put them in a different building. So only the people who, so they'd all turned up on the off chance. Oh, we'll meet Tom Selleck. Nope, they selected the presumably most. He's attractive. not doing casting for extras, so I don't know. Not in that way, Sam. It. Maybe casting couch or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But he's not casting for extras for a movie. Don't you talk about Tom Selleck like that? So, um, so yeah, we get this party. We get this. We get this um, introduction, and there's also there's also one of the most gaudy and <coughs> kind of like. You know, seizure-inducing um, uh, murals that we get to see at the start. This mural, what on earth is happening with this? And it's shot like a music video, isn't it? Like this, this is <laughs> the most confusing part of the movie. It really, really is. Is this first introduction where basically the movie is like these men are all bachelors and they're fucking left and right. It's very confusing. <laughs> multiple, wi- the same woman is kissing multiple of these guys. I thought, by the way, I'd never seen this before. And I really thought the plot of this movie was that they didn't know who the father was. 
<laughs> I really thought that was why they had the they three of them were raising the baby. I, I'd never seen it, so I just assumed it was kind of like a you know, we can't get a DNA thought... test or whatever, and that's why they're all raising this baby. Not that these three men approaching or over 40 years old are living together in some sort of communal living. I, well, I, I like your note there. I think that's quite good for for a different movie. But I, I, I think I can only I can only imagine that they're just enjoying the bachelor life and they want to make sure that's certainly what that... this um, montage would lead us to believe. They've got this swinging pad with like you know a wine fridge and a rotary telephone uh, and a pool table <laughs> and like it's kind of half nightclub, half like New York penthouse, uh, half dive bar. It's a very strange. I'm gonna give place. you one word. I'm gonna give you one word, Dave, and that word is yuppies. That's what these guys are. They this, are this TV plush. room, Sam, where basically Tom Selleck is showing them NBA highlights. But in the eighties, you had to do that. You had to have a cinema room for that and videotapes. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 just it's it's so extravagant, and I think it's one of those things. It's actually I find it a little bit tiring, and I find it a little bit kind of like. You know, does everyone on in, in movies and TV have to be just so rich? Does everyone? Because I'm watching this and I'm thinking, well, I'm not quite Tom Selleck's age, but you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm in my mid I'm in my early thirties, and I'm, I'm a successful guy. I'm trying to get in the. I don't. My life isn't like this. And even though if I'm married uh, with kids, actually, Sam, fine. it's because you're married with kids and you're not living with your two mates. Although I will say, if me, you, okay. and Ross, or me, you, and Joe <laughs> lived together, it would be nowhere near. Think as about what you just said. As that, I've lived with Ross, and it was much more on the um, what's the word? You know, disgusting cave, dingy, level. dingy, dingy. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of open curtains in that sort of living arrangement. <laughs> It's 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 sitting playing video games, eating crisps, and that's farting, and that's maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's maybe a reflection on us and, and that we're not successful architects. But I just, I do find it like, oh my, look, I mean, look at the size of this place. It's, I mean, they live in New York. You know, they, they are, um, they, they, they live in this wonderful apartment block with a doorman next to Central Park. The whole thing is just ridiculous. And they're throwing these parties, which I can only imagine cost tens and tens of thousands of dollars. Um, and, and, and everyone's having a good time. Everyone's, relaxed and comfortable and it's you know it's all good and it is quite a good intro to the movie though isn't it in terms of i think the movie's setting you up to think look at these dickheads look at these bachelors who are just living at large and you know we 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 kind of get lulled into that sense of uh these guys being uh, you know, having this extravagant life and what's to come well, we get, would be quite a shock to them. We get told like a weird... So it kind of establishes that all these three guys are kind of like different archetypes, aren't they? So um, Ted Danson's Jack. He's like the playboy. He's having sex with loads of women. Doesn't really have a proper job. Tom Selleck's having to lend him money to pay the rent. Like, he's just a bit of a party boy. Um, Steve Gutenberg is like your sort of... What's the word? It, he's a star. Uh, Steve Gutenberg's role in this movie is kind of like the kind of eighties more. What's the word? More um, emotional man. Like he talks to women <laughs> because the, in a movie in the eighties that 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 puts you in a pigeonhole of like you're not the leading man. <laughs> and again, yeah. that's what the movie says. You respect their boundaries exactly. Steve Gutenberg's like I just like to talk to women, and Tom Selleck's like 
and Ted Danson's like, talk? Um, and then it, because they, Tom don't Stelic they say is like, kind of oh. like, go on, sorry. Sorry, don't, don't they say that, you know, every time you talk to them, you basically send them back to their previous lover? Because, yeah. <laughs> because he's he's just like, oh, it's a real, it's a real shame that he treats them. But maybe you should just talk to him and like, you know, <laughs> again, stop being empathetic and trying to have sex, Steve Gutenberg. That's the lesson here. That's yeah. what we're being told. Whereas uh, Tom Selleck is like the he's the dad of the apartment, isn't he? He's a bit older and like he has this on and on again, off again girlfriend we meet a couple of times, and he's just a bit more um, what's the word. Um, he's sophisticated. He's, he's urbane, isn't he? He's urbane. urbane is the word. He's a bit more. You know, urbane he's got this. He's like... got this class to him, and he's he's kind of like trying to do, lead these guys down the right path and being a little bit more. Um, and probably that's a really good role for him as like the central character of the movie as well, doesn't it? It all makes sense that he's there in that more stable position. Um, oh, totally. And I can't imagine unfold. I can't imagine them having changed those roles around much, really. Um, because they make an odd choice just after we get the baby dumped, where Ted Dunstan's just out of the movie for forty minutes. <laughs> it is weird. I think it? it's the <laughs> right choice. I think it's the right choice. Oh, yeah, but it is odd that like you establish that it's three men and a baby, and then actually it's two men and a baby for about. It's like two and a half, isn't it? Like. He maybe yeah. turns up a little bit at the end, but then it's not really invested. But I, I think you're right though that it is it is the right choice for the film because what we what we end up getting then is is these two guys um taking looking after the baby and let's talk about the circumstances of the baby arriving right after this uh, but they're, but they're also a little bit detached from it as well so it's kind of a bit lighter whereas holy shit I'm a dad now is a very different thing and they wait a little bit for that to come yeah you're right it's a much more it's much more emotional weight to I have a baby now and I have to take care of this baby now where's the mother what's going on whereas like Tom Selleck just having to look after this baby is suddenly like a, you know, a oh my God, this is chaos, yeah. what's happening? Um, actually, there's a little bit of a parallel between this and Baby Boom, if you've seen that. I have not. Uh, in Baby Boom, um, I think it's Harold Ramis is, is, is the partner. Uh, you can maybe look that up while I'm talking. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the really famous actor uh, is the main lady. And basically her cousins uh are killed her cousin and her husband are killed in a car accident and she's the only relative so she just gets this baby like she thinks she's inheriting right, yeah. money so the baby just arrives it's actually it's actually the same year Ooh, I, what that's a twin picture isn't it there must be Ooh. so it's diane keaton diane um, keaton yes who's oh, she's great isn't she who I'm just going to read here. It stars Diane Keaton as a yuppie who discovers that a long lost cousin has died, leaving a 14 month old baby girl as inheritance. Yeah. Um. And I think it had it grossed 26 million off of a 15 million budget. Much smaller, movie, because... much smaller movie, but we had it on VHS, so I've seen it a thousand times. Yeah. Uh, is it, it Harold Ramis same... in it as well, Sam? Yeah, Harold Ramis. Yeah. Who. Um... Who, yeah, it actually came out the same just before it came out a month before. Wow, um, wow, that's very interesting, isn't it? It's a we bit should, of a twin movie, but be... it shares a lot in terms of like they have no idea because they're like yuppies in their mid 30s. And I think halfway through the movie, Harold Ramis is like, I can't do this, I'm out, and he just leaves and then <laughs> gone for the whole movie. It's great, um, because yeah. that's what men did in the 80s and now and before <laughs> and since. Um, but I'm like, so it's let, the same thing of like, in the 
in the 80s if you were like you know if you were a yuppie and this is a yuppie movie like you don't have babies because guess what you're too busy making fucking money and fucking mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. fucking making money fucking yeah that's right let's let i want to talk about the 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 kind of dads you know the, these guys taking on the dad role as a separate thing in a minute but let's talk about the circumstances of this baby arriving because we and and this is where i am impressed and I, and this obviously comes from the french movie in that it's quite a complicated thing they've got going on because somebody says there's a package coming and you need to look after this package and someone will come and collect it and so we get simultaneously Sidebar, this baby just a bit arriving. Of advice. Never agree to that. No, always, yeah. it's always going to be drugs. Package of what? And that's what you need to ask <laughs> yeah, straight away. Package of what? <laughs> uh, it, so you've you've got um, you've got this this package of drugs arriving, and then you've got this package this this package, which is what they think it is, which is a baby. And I, it is. I think it is. It works really well. I think as a as a way of 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 getting over the hurdle of these characters just not immediately phoning the police and saying, "There's a baby here. Come and get this baby." Yeah, I don't want. Why the baby. haven't they called social get services? Get rid of the baby. Being yeah. like the <laughs> yeah, like like thing because that's they a logical think thing. because Jack's gone to Jack is the Ted Danson character. It's established that he's going to Turkey the next morning, and so he's told them this package is arriving. Just hold on to it and give it to such and such when he arrives. Yeah, so they think. And obviously, like, given, how could you assume that your friend would just say that? Like, oh, there's this package arriving. No, he knows it's a baby, in theory. He knows it's a baby arriving. He's like, there's a package arriving. Just look after it until someone picks it up. And they're like, it's a baby. And then that's totally fine. You're that unreliable and fucking skitty and shitty that your friends think that's something you would have done. Yeah. Well, and I think it, I, this is what I'm saying though. I think it works. I think it's a really, really clever writing technique. And I, and I was, cause I actually forgot, I have seen this before, but I forgot about the drug, um, element of this, you know, the, and I, and I was thinking it's a bit weird. Like you could, you could, you could have this without the gangsters in it and it would, it would still probably make sense. But I think it really does come down to this point here, this, the, the, the baby being dropped off and the drugs arriving at the same time. Those two things are the way that you get over the fact that nobody would accept this and they'd call the police and social services immediately. They don't because of course, you know, they're confused about what's happening. And then the rest of the film pretty much makes sense. Um, let's hold a conversation about the mum until the end because there's because <laughs> she's not uh, fucking that, in it until then, yeah. Um, but I think it's a really, I think it really works. It really works, and I, I, I'm just impressed by the writing. You know, to, to to kind of work through that in in through the writing process. To it's get it's there, an I interesting process, Sam, because on a piece of paper you would write like three men, bachelors, get baby, and then you kind of like have to fill in the gap, don't you? Of like, yeah. Well, how do we get from how? A <laughs> to B? Like you said, without it being a let's call social services, and also like I think they write themselves out of. So, for instance, um, we're in this same situation, me, you, and, and Ross, and, you know, your baby turns up unexpectedly. You don't know you have a baby, right? Guess what? Ross and I are off to the pub. Good luck, man. Like, <laughs> Thank you for your support. So they write themselves out of that, being, you know, Tom Selleck being like, I've got a meeting, mate. You look after your baby. And so then because... Tom Selleck and Steve Gutenberg have to look after the baby, which is maybe something that you wouldn't believe they would be as into or as yeah. you know, the need for them to do it wouldn't be there it, if Ted Danson was here. 
but it's Tom Selleck as well, isn't it? He's the more responsible one, as we've discussed. You know, so we, we've kind of, and all of this is all of this is just layered really nicely, so that you don't necessarily think about it until you record a podcast and then you start to break it down a little bit in your head. And I think that's really clever. Let's um, <clears throat> let's talk about like the the the, the interesting gender politics that's happening Ooh. around Can these we, guys. Please. So my favorite bit, favorite bit, because it's horrible. Uh, well, not horrible, because they kind of do point hang a lantern on it. Tom Sykes' first thought is to ring his kind of like on again, off again girlfriend to come over, and she's like, "What do you want?" And he's like, "Oh, I've got this baby." And she's like, "Well, what the fuck do you want from me?" And he's like, "Oh, well, and can you help me like look after the baby? What, what do I know about looking after a baby?" And she kind of like <laughs> exposes his sexist thought that. Even though this is a woman who he's, you know, been in a relationship with on and off for years, like he doesn't know that she doesn't like nut kids or know anything about kids. He just assumes because she's a woman, she'll yeah. know what to do. Which I thought was she pretty good. Some... I thought like her as a foil to him, and that's all that character is there to serve, I think. But I think it's a good like uh no, just because I'm a woman does not mean I'm gonna raise your baby, Tom Selleck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I, I I mean, you know, we're not um we're not women, so we don't necessarily have that perspective. But I think generally, like it holds up for me as as it's not because it, it has that kind of subversion of her going, "No, I'm not. You fucking deal with it. You know, you've got a baby." And then as as we see, um, you know, it's really entertaining and light and warm. And this is where I think the direction comes in is that we we get to see these we get to see these men, <clears throat> principally Gutenberg and, and Tom Selleck have to deal with what what you know how the hell do you look after a baby now you know as as someone with two kids it's really funny because i was exactly the same when, when my first was born. like i don't know how to put a nappy on and it's you know it's terrifying how all the different things trying to get their arms through you know into vests and stuff like it's bloody hard work and you feel like you're going to break them and then slowly, because of your own children, you kind of get a little bit less concerned about that, and then you're throwing them around, and it's not that much of a problem. But when it's someone else's baby, especially a random baby that you've just been left on the street, their total cluelessness, and I think especially Steve Gutenberg's when Tom Selleck is, is at the shop, um, which, which we should talk about separately, but him, him just like, what do you want? <laughs> Stop screaming at me! I don't know. I don't know what you want. And that total cluelessness is something that I really uh, related to, even though it's kind of like the, the the whole premise of the movie is men looking after babies. What a laugh! The whole know? the reason it's funny and like it wouldn't be funny if one of these guys was even remotely competent, like he had a younger sibling or maybe had a sister yeah. with a baby, you know. It's kind of like a we talk about um, and we talked about before like this older movies especially being like women are aliens. There's a lot of movies that are women are aliens <laughs> yeah. um, as like a you know women are impossible to understand and and they're very male gazy and this is kind of the same thing but it's babies are aliens um, <laughs> and there's a real like there's a real spate of these movies in the late 80s with like look who's talking as well um, and they're like a load yeah. of baby oriented movies um, and it's true though. It is true. Sorry, go on. It is true, but it's like that's kind of like what it hinges on is that like not only do these characters not know how to look after a baby, they don't know the first fucking thing about looking after a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we get to see Tom Selleck go into the shops, and 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 the you know the the the, the 
employee there who's who's like, you know, oh, have you? Have Why don't you know how old your baby is? <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. That's a great line. <laughs> Which is because it is, and again, it is true. It does feel like um, sometimes I think when you when you're learning how to do all this stuff, it does you do feel totally exposed. You know, it's like first people. Oh, when when was your son born? How old is your son now? And I'm like, uh, uh, I I don't know how many weeks that is. Like a couple, couple of months, or something. Uh, what what is that? Like, I haven't you, slept in you six feel, weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't count. Uh, you do feel a bit like that. So I I really connected. And I think what it so the point I'm getting to though is that all of the incompetence we see, as much as it's about them being men, I think. As the film progresses, we it kind of subverts that. It kind of goes from um, these guys are idiots to actually they're really good at being, you know, really good at looking after this baby. And so the the what they're taking making fun of is more the yuppie side, more yeah. the fact that these are idiot bachelors. That seems to me more like what they're going for rather than necessarily men can't look after babies. Although that is obviously one of the one of the things that runs through it because by the end they're actually brilliant they're really good and they're really again they're really affectionate and lovely and warm and all this stuff so it's quite nice one thing that i just want to point out is because it's it's a it's a a little girl mary and i've got two boys and before my before my second was born i was thinking great if it's a girl i mean how what am I going to do? Because I know how boys work, and girls are a whole different thing when it comes to changing nappies. Like it's, and there is a scene in this where they're like, "Well, Wait, Steve Gutenberg, they, they go to change rooms. I think it's Steve Gutenberg. Like, she's a girl. Like men can't change a nappy because it's a girl, and it's a funny like yeah. thing where like again maybe that's that kind of like you know Victorian prudishness of like oh no it's a girl. Um, yeah. But yeah, mm. I can imagine there are differences. Um, but I, I will say, Sam, a baby's a baby. Um, I've got nieces oh, no. and nephews. And you learn really and, quick. Yeah. Like, a baby's a baby. Uh, <laughs> you know, actually, I will say, uh, baby girls are much less likely to piss on you quite as effectively. Um, <laughs> yes. Just because, like, oh, yes. they can't, you know, there's no direction. They'll just... Although my niece did piss on me the other day, so I guess it can happen. Um, it's piss, shit, puke all the way down. That's absolutely, it Sam. It is yeah. horrible, yeah. foul smells and so solids and liquids. We... <laughs> so, so we've we've got the baby element of this. We've got them all running around with Heather's chicken, like Heather's chickens, trying to look after this this baby. Um, they the baby itself was a twin. This um, is quite names. common in movies, Sam, and it's because of like you can't expect a baby <laughs> to. A, be awake it's because of for any length because of, of time workers' on a rights. Set. Yeah, but there's this with with child actors. Yes, definitely, and that's kind of why they use child twins with child actors as well because an adult obviously can film for as long as they can physically stay awake because they've signed away all of their rights because they're a grown up. Yeah, but kids, I think it's like four hours or something, isn't it? it depends on the age, but yeah, it's about when I yeah. When I've been on, I was an extra on, on, on set once and there were a load of kids there. I said like four or five little street urchin type kids. But by the time they'd sorted the lighting out, well, they were dressed as street urchins. <laughs> was, was that a... before or after they were in? <laughs> Afterwards. I, I don't know before. They just <laughs> presumably threw them back out on the street. Um, but actually, by the time they'd set up, by the time they'd set up and got, because they got dressed at the same time, but the camera's got set up and everything, the kids had to go. 
because they're only allowed to be they can't be stood outside in the cold in november for very long like whereas an adult <laughs> you stand there for six hours mate we're paying you yeah yeah this is damn unions so anyway kids. tip for all of you um parents of twins out there like there's probably a little bit of a identical twins there's a niche there in in films you know cash in cash that check because they'll just cost you money the way um so <laughs> that's right abuse your children because that's always works out well in hollywood really always works out perfectly so we've got we've, we've got the baby stuff which is all very entertaining and there's lots of nice little scenes and and it all ends up being it, quite quickly i think they they kind of get in the groove and it ends up being quite nice um and then uh, they 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 tell uh uh jack what's happened and he comes back but alongside this we've also got the gangster stuff and and this is this i think is i think works really well because uh, um the day after they get the baby the, the drug dealers arrive and they 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 give they give them the baby <laughs> these two random guys. The speed never with met. which this drug dealer accepts that he's just going home with a baby <laughs> is kind Why of phenomenal. Like, obviously, from Tom Selleck's point of view, he thinks that these are the people that are going to take the baby to... I don't know where he thinks they're taking this baby, but anyway, they're taking the baby. The drug dealers think they're collecting a quarter of a million dollars worth of heroin. Um, and when he says, take the baby, they're like... I don't want your baby, mate. And then they're like, no, he's like, take the baby. I'll get the milk. And they're like, ah, what do you mean? Ah, what? Well, it's the can, isn't it? They, yeah. they think that the can of baby formula is the heroin. But I would think that, you know, you I suppose they know. Sam. They know that the police are might be following them. So maybe they think it's like a. A way of um, what's the word? Like a a, co- a good cover. So the guy thinks, ah, they're being really clever. They're going to give me this baby, I'll take the baby away, and then someone will bring the baby back. It's it's more about a way of transporting the heroin, maybe. But like, uh-huh. what sort of deals are you doing? Is someone like bringing a camel out? And you're like, well, I guess I'll take the camel if it's got that. If I can have the heroin, <laughs> like, what sort of daily deals are you having? Where are you? I know I don't know how to take care of a baby, but I guess I'll just take this human live baby off this man. And I'll take it away, yeah. and like that'd be fine. And th- and then proceed to try and put it in the boot of the very small sports car <laughs> that they've got that, in the trunk that they've got. You think the solution solution yeah. would be like you know? Well, I'll just I'll tell you what. You take the baby, and I'll walk. Like not. Well, we just put the baby in the trunk. Well, what? Yeah, I, I mean, one of them does say we can't, you can't put it in there. Like it's not. So so he does, but it, it is it is. It is really funny, and I th- I think it works though in the context of the film, doesn't it? In the in the context of the silliness, you know, we always we talk a lot about the the rules of the movie, and I think in, within the rules of this movie, them taking the baby, and then Tom Selleck realizing, and you know, rushing downstairs. Um, that, I that, that, am that... of two minds about it, because um, I kind of see what you mean. I do think this drugs drug plot is kind of it's a holdover from the French movie they don't really need. But we can get into that in a minute. No, no, go, let's get to it now. So why? Why? Because I, I think it so works. I, I think, think it... it works, Sam. I just think it's like... It's not very capery. Heroin is not a very capery drug. Um, maybe it is in France. I don't know. But like, this isn't a bit of a party drug or like some weed. This is a lot of heroin. Like... What, what? And it's and that's very serious. Like heroin dealers do not fuck around. 
and Jack, Jack knew that it was heroin. No, did he? No, did no, he? he because there was he's, another guy. He's a friend of his at the party. So yes, right. So friends of so Jack at the party, who Jack kind of knows, yeah. but he's just like a you know an acquaintance. He's talked about getting another another advert, didn't he? Yeah, he directs commercials or something. So that's how they know each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then so, unbeknownst to Jack, this guy is like in the heroin trade. Um, but I, I get it works, and I love the, and it's a great chance for Tom Selleck to like really be scared for this baby um for not the first occasion either uh, we get two distinct occasions of tom's like where's my baby um <laughs> which is great i but it kind of like it's, it's a bit discordant because it then becomes about like how do we resolve this issue and again like you ask yourself why didn't they just call social services why haven't they called the police why don't they say to this detective I'm really sorry, detective. We aren't drug dealers or criminals. Like, this is what's happened. Please don't put me in prison. And yes, also, the, the, the police are not to be trusted in America. I get that. But like me, personally, I'd be like, oh, hi, detective. I'm scared as fuck because I'm fairly sure those people are heroin dealers. Here's some heroin that I've got because someone delivered to my house. I don't want anything to do with it. Please help me because you are the police and that's your job. He, I mean, Tom does say that and say, you know, it's okay. He says, "No, no, I, I don't worry. I'm an architect." <laughs> he says, "Art Vandalay." <laughs> he says, "No, it's okay. I'm very middle class. Don't worry about it. I'm not. I'm not any threat to you, officer. No problem at all." But the see, I know what you're saying right, but I think it's. I I wonder what you replace it with then, because it is such a core tenant of the film. It's the conclusion that we get. It's that we 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 see the um the the Miss Hathaway getting. Uh, you know, uh, tied up and the house trashed later on. So I think, like, I I think you need some kind of drive, some antagonism in the film. Otherwise, what is it? It becomes maybe Baby's Day Out or something like that. You know, that type of, that type of weird movie that doesn't really make sense in the same way as this. Whereas well, like this works because you can. Hold on, two secs. It's a family movie, so we want stuff for the dads. We want stuff for the moms, which is almost all Tom Selleck. And then we want a good plot to run us through. Do you know what I mean? So it keeps it moving, I think. Maybe. Um, and I don't necessarily disagree. I think this is quite a well a well produced movie and I think it flows really well. What I, I just mean, like, there's got to be a better way of doing this than all this heroin, which is just a bit like... <laughs> yeah, may, maybe not heroin. Maybe. maybe, maybe... He, hear me out here. So maybe... Diamonds. Has diamonds. A... Ooh, diamonds. Diamonds are nice and clean. You know, obviously not because of all the horrible genocide. <laughs> Blood um, diamonds, but you know. But, yeah. yeah, maybe it's stolen diamonds or maybe it's stolen artwork or something just a little bit more classy. <clears throat> heroin is fucking terrifying and people who deal heroin, like, it's not a, it's not a like, <laughs> oh no, someone's stolen our shit. It's like, oh, I'm going to start cutting digits off people. And it's just maybe like, <laughs> yeah. uh, and maybe that's me looking at this with a 2021 head on where, you know, maybe in 1987, heroin was just a word. Like, it was not a word, but do you know what I mean? It was just, like, an easy... For most people, especially middle-class people who are going out and watching this movie, like, heroin is just, mm-hmm. you know... Oh, it's one of those drugs I've I've read about in the newspaper. From the inner cities, as would be described in the in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's fair enough. I think may, I think maybe diamonds or artwork, like say, would make it a bit more pal- palatable. And I'm just thinking, if I watch this with my son and he's like, "Daddy, what's heroin?" I'm like, "Well, that's not well, a conversation." Well, heroin is an intravenous right drug 
that people <laughs> use to get high. Uh, it's actually people inject it into it's their eyes. Actually, uh, based on uh, diamorphine, which is a uh, pharmaceutical that was developed in the 1940s. Uh, but this is obviously made on the streets. It's much cheaper. Top top level heroin knowledge from Dave. There, I'm fascinated this, by this heroin because, like, if you've ever seen a heroin addict, like, it's got to be pretty. Oh, it's... must be pretty good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> It's a hell of a drug, as they would say. I would imagine, yeah. Um, so as as, as this uh, as this gangster plot continues, we get to see uh, Mrs. Hathaway get, you know, bound and carried. And then as, as she's out of this movie. I quite like this character. Yeah, um, she's a what's the actor's name? She's a quite like a Hollywood legend type. Um, I think this is an old, one of the later roles. I think she might still be alive. I could be wrong though. Um, Although now I am looking, thinking about it, I think she talking. died a few years ago. Anyway, she's very good, and she's like, there are three women in this movie. There's, well, three women of note, I should say. Uh, there's Tom Sullivan's ex-girlfriend. There's Mrs. Hathaway who lives in, downstairs, and there's the mother, which we'll talk about in due course. And Mrs. Hathaway is quite fun. They do, they do, they send her off early on in the movie. She offers to help basically with the baby, and Tom Sullivan, because he's a man, is like, no, no, I can handle it. And sends her away when they don't even know how to change a nappy or what to feed a baby. I'd be like, yes, please, please help me. I'm yeah, a very stupid man. I, did, I need help. <laughs> I did wonder about that. I was thinking, mm, uh, Cynthia Harris plays Mrs. Hathaway, by the way. And I, I, yeah, I was thinking, fucking hell, Mrs. Hathaway, absolutely. You love babies. I don't know what I'm doing. If you could just stay here, I'm just going to phone uh, Jack and we're going to get this whole thing sorted out and that's the end of the movie. Well, you'd think but so. Maybe that's do that why. classic thing, which men do, I'm sure... I certainly do, where like if there's something you don't know what you're doing, in a situation like that, if you look lost enough, a woman will come and help you because generally people are quite pleasant and like you know And you take advantage of that. And you especially misogynistic most pig. no, mostly men are fucking stupid um and need help a lot of the time. And lots of people recognise that and therefore come and offer help. Uh and Tom Sally should accept this help. Maybe they recognise that in you, Dave. Maybe that's just something that's going on with your appearance. Just Quite saying. Possibly. Just, just. I need saying. help. So help me. <laughs> so so um, and and they leave this note. Next time we'll take the baby. Uh, uh, but but we do. Then again, it kind of swings in. I think I think it works really well as like we get the peaks and troughs. We get the peaks of drug deals, heroin. Injected into your face, and then down to ah, oh, look at the little baby. Just to be look clear, we make the very good choice of not having any heroin addicts in this movie because it's a different movie. Then you know it becomes Taxi Driver. I know the gangs. The it's all it's they are. <laughs> they they are the, the wet bandits, Sam. Taxi they Driver. Are, <laughs> You're describing Taxi Driver. They are Joe Pesci and yeah. that other guy out of Home Alone. They aren't proper like you know hard cases. Um, but it, you're right. There are some like nice peaks and troughs, and I do like the scene of Tom Selleck running through the apartment. And like all of his things have been broken, he doesn't care because he's just developed this bond with this baby, which is very like yeah. again why Tom Selleck is the absolute MVP of this movie because you forget about the other two male leads of this movie for whole stretches. And I think Steven Gutenberg is doing a good job, but like he is a far second to Tom Selleck, who is kind of like you know oh. he's the main man. And 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 this, let's just go back to the direction as well, you know. And I think Tom Selleck probably knows what's going on himself, but I think making it really you know i i can just imagine those conversations of like you know tom you've really come to warm to mary now and and i re- you know if you could really just show us that that love and 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 that that caregiving nature that 
your character has and dig deep, you know, dig deep in your own experience to bring that out. Like you can just, and I think it comes off the screen so well. And that scene when he's running through, you know, looking, looking for Mary and, and it's, it's scary as well, isn't it? Because it's the whole place is trashed and, and they know the baby's there. Yeah. So you think, oh my God, these guys are dealing heroin, as you say. And that's maybe where you need the stakes because you know that they're not going to mess around and they, they give them one more chance in this note next time we'll take the baby. Uh, and, you know, it's, is, is, is a, is a, it feels like a real threat and it kind of plays out like that, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, it does. Um, do you maybe want to talk about? Oh, well, let's talk about maybe the reintroduction of Ted Danson into this movie. Um, oh yeah, Ted Danson's in this Ted movie. Danson's in this movie. <laughs> and I will say, for all that we've talked about how like he isn't as good, I think he does a pretty reasonable job when he does come into the movie. I like I like Tom Selleck and um, <clears throat> Steve Gutenberg, basically like really enjoying him not being able to deal with the baby. I think that's a real like spiteful thing for them to do but like totally understandable like absolutely <laughs> what you would do like i might help him in a couple of hours but he fucking deserved this we all have a friend like that we all have a friend like that where you just want to grab him and shake him sometimes and again mm. i think that comes down to the writing and maybe the direction here where like yep totally buy that that is how people would act in that situation yeah, because and and Ted, you know Ted Danson's character is is uh, he's the kind of like he's the kind of doofus, isn't he? He's he's a bit like he's the playboy. He's, he's younger. He's he's the playboy, and he's totally ill-equipped to deal with this, especially when he's told that it's basically you know, the note says the note says that it's his kid. It's not just some random kid that they've managed to you know find that they're, they're looking after. It's his kid, and so that that responsibility goes into him and and again it's you do get a nice arc though you get a nice arc for him it's not quite as satisfying as it is for tom Selleck. i don't know if that's the performance or i don't know if that's the writing and the characterization I that it's supposed to be like that it's but just the fact that they've already done it like it's really noteworthy time, with Selleck yeah. and to a lesser extent Gutenberg, but like we've already seen that once, so it's going to have less impact the second time. I also think that Ted Danson is not the actor that Tom Selleck is, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I think Tom, I think Ted Danson's a fine actor. I just think Tom Selleck's better, <laughs> you know, better able to sell all of this. Um, and we also don't have that much time for Ted Danson to like form a connection with this baby because we've got to go to this daft drug deal. Um, and meet his well. and meet his mother for one scene. Who basically like once again puts him in his place and says, "Well, you fucking done the crime, mate. You can do the time." Is essentially her <laughs> response. Which again, I, I like. This. Oh my god, she's lovely, isn't she great? But you're fucking raising her by yourself, you lazy twat. Um, which is pretty fun. Tell you what, because that is exactly right. Like, I, her her response is perfect because kids are great. Love love kids. Love my kids. You know, just the best thing I've ever done is brilliant. But I, you know, so, someone else's kids, less interested, a lot less interested. My, even my, you know, presumably in the maybe in the future I'll have grandkids. It's like, oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, you'll you'll like die in the, uh, the water, the moisture wars, Sam. The moisture, <laughs> the moisture wars, yeah, yeah. But I, I'll I'll be able to hand them back and say, back to you. I'm not, I'm not. I've done my time. I've done my time in terms of staying up and puke and all that stuff. So there's all these. There's like, there's, it's very entertaining. And again, it works well from the film. And it's a good. I think it's a relatively positive as well in terms of saying not just going to rely on the women to sort this out for you you have to actually figure this out yourself 
No, totally. Um, um, and he kind of does, and we do get like a, you know, he bonds with the baby, and and you know he does assure Tom Selleck and Steve Gutenberg that he is not a heroin dealer, which seems like an important, <laughs> yeah. an important piece of the puzzle where they're like, you're out. The they're flat. like, is Ted. he a heroin dealer? Because we get a really funny call from Turkey, where he says, and the, you know, um. The police listen. The, the police officer can hear the conversation, where he says, "Oh, I'm in Turkey. I've bought so much shit you would not believe. I think I'm gonna have to smuggle <laughs> some of it back because I bought so much." And like, and Tom Selleck's like, "Shut up! Shut up! Shut up!" That's dead clever, isn't it? Yeah, Dude, I, think that's dead I thought that was writing. quite. That's really. It's funny. funny, and it kind of like again, maybe it, it lends itself to the direction of this movie, where it kind of like it serves, especially as how yeah. these scenes are filmed. It's not like. They've not filmed sequentially. Like Ted Danson will have done his bit at nothing, to mm-hmm. nothing, mm-hmm. and then Tom Selleck is doing his bit at nothing, to nothing. And I just think yeah. you know we we sometimes forget that when watching a movie, but like it's worth pointing out that it can't be as easy to act off. You know, the nothing. You know what they're going to say, but you're not actually reacting. Yeah, acting's hard. Acting, that's why actors get... I mean, they get paid too much. Too much. They get paid a lot of money because they have they have an incredibly hard, you know, with a room full of people watching. Uh, to pretend you're a different person is difficult. It's a difficult thing to do. Let's talk about... Uh, so let's talk about the kind of like the last act of this film, I suppose, which is the... It's die Hard in a, built, in, a, in, in, in a construction site. It's Die Hard with a Baby. <laughs> it's what it is. Um, it is a very uh, convoluted plan they hatch. So they decide, we're not going to go to the police yet. We're going to get a tape of these drug dealers, <laughs> who are to obviously to be trusted implicitly, stating, while we're doing a drug deal, while I'm giving them drugs on tape, that I'm not a professional drug dealer. Because they don't say, anyway, that I'm not a professional drug dealer. So to do this, what we need to do is arrange to meet them at a building site, obviously. And we're gonna get Steve Gutenberg like dressed up in a in an aluminium like um, chimney thing with a camera, <laughs> um, and we're gonna get Ted Danson. To, and it took me after I was like, "Why you? This is so complicated." And <laughs> why is he dressed as a pregnant woman? There's two lifts. There's two, well, I don't know. There's two lifts because <laughs> um, they know the police are watching them. There's two lifts that go up to this construction place, and basically Ted Danson can isolate the lifts. So that the baddies get stuck in the lift and the goodies can come down and escape. God, I did not get and any you of don't, that. Sam, I just I basically I just had to sit down with a fucking around. pen and paper at the end and be like, <laughs> "So what were they trying <laughs> to carry do the noodle? Here? Like carry the noodle? Like I don't understand." And they've called the police, but what? Uh... Because I think the logical thing to me would be, okay, just come clean. Just say, "Listen, officer." Really, you were around and the other day. The we, we don't know where these... the sting. And then, if the bad guys the get violent, they can fucking shoot them. <laughs> Not rely on these guys. They, they, I think, I think it does go to the the movie that kind of a movie trope of like, um, yeah, they're gangsters, yeah, they're evil, but you know. They're not going to really do anything. They're not going to. They haven't got guns. It's a family movie. They haven't got sound, knives. So it's like it's a caper, isn't it? Um, rules of the movie it works but this is the closest i think we get to like what are you the, what are they doing <laughs> why haven't they called the police like why 
Well, I mean, I think the movie says because we well, we already hid the drugs for some reason in 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 one of the nappies in the diaper. They put the they put the drug. Don't do that. Don't do that. Leave it as it is. Tell the police officer straight away. Like that's the best yeah. way out. Police of this. officer. Ninety five seconds ago, I discovered this box of heroin. Um, I had accidentally already given my baby to the drug dealers because I did not understand what was happening. Please, <laughs> please, policeman, help me, officer of the law, person whose job it is to yeah. uphold the law and protect law-abiding citizens like myself. And and I think maybe you know, uh, we, 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 cops not being that uh, reliable in terms of their response to this. But that's not what the movie's saying. That's not where the movie's coming from at all. There's no suggestion of that is there that it's you know but so so they're in they're in this thing and we and it is i think though actually fairly entertaining and i was i was enjoying the whole thing i was enjoying the the chase and how all of that kind of worked out um and and as and, and then when we get to the 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 point um where they've got the recording and they're able then they they say they somehow somehow trap the the, the 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 drug dealers, and then the police arrive just as the at the right point. But they've got this recording, which basically means that they have uh, they can prove their innocence and say, but again, it's not us. But again, you're the, you're the, the NYPD. Thing. You've got this tape of these people doing a drug deal. Follow me here. You've got this tape of Tom Selleck handing a load of drugs. <laughs> to these guys book them both and these guys saying the conversation isn't oh yeah well i'm not a drug dealer and you you know that right and, and i'm only doing this because you've threatened me no the conversation is like they say it'll be nice to deal with professionals again and he's like oh yes because i'm not a professional and they go yes and he goes yes we've got it <laughs> i'm not sure you you know anything about the law no, you're, Tom a, you're a you're a yuppie you're a you're a fucking new york yuppie who's who's Whose famous parties are the hit of the town uh, because of all the fucking class A drugs that you're swinging around to your friends? That's why. Exactly. I maybe think. That's why I maybe think Tom what would Selleck. fix this actually is maybe if when the police officer came up or before the police officer came up, you maybe have a scene between Gutenberg and Selleck where they discuss whether Ted Danson is involved. And they're like, is Jack involved in this? Like, I think maybe they do hint at it, but and then be like, well, I maybe think then that's the reason. Maybe they don't that's tell the why cops. they don't tell the cop then. And then after that, when yeah. Jack's back, they're like, well, we've lied to him and hidden this heroin, so maybe that's why we're doing it now. That is the reason I think that the movie states, but I don't think it necessarily expresses it particularly well. Uh, and 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 still, I think you'd still be able to explain it and say, like. Big misunderstanding, like but yeah, I, I think they anyway. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. But it moves this, along. It moves along this movie, and that it is, moves along. It's fun, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and it makes sense. It makes sense the all of this, and I think maybe that is the point. Of it, is that just like the whole premise of the movie, this baby showing up? It's a little bit shaky. It's a little bit out there, but because everything else is zany, it doesn't really detract. I yeah. think that's the thing you don't and notice it. After unless... this, I thought the movie was over because we get. A montage of them just playing with the baby. Uh, I especially like Tom Selleck walking around the building site with this baby in a hard hat. Uh, not safe at all. This isn't a proper hard hat. No, just don't bring your baby <laughs> to a fucking building site. No, especially when it's not your with baby. A, with a hard hat that's going to do nothing if a, if a, if a falling tool yeah. from the 87th floor manages to strike her. What are you doing, Tom? Yeah. Absolutely inappropriate. And then we get maybe the most problematic 
bit of the movie because again i thought this was it i thought the movie was over and i was like oh that was fun that was light that was interesting and then this montage kind of peters out and the mum shows up mm-hmm. um and it's kind of like you really could cut this scene from the movie and nothing about this movie would change like nothing well the the only thing is that at the beginning of the film the baby gets dropped off and there's a note isn't there to jack basically saying I can't. I'm, I'm. I can't do this. Here's your baby. Her name's Mary. Like that's. So. So. I think you. You. I, I think you need to explain where the baby's come. Where the baby has come from. I disagree. And so the note does I that. I disagree. Well, go, go on then. I disagree that you need to like bring it. Explore the origins of this baby. The MacGuffin in this movie, as this baby has just appeared, right? So actually, you detract from the movie when you introduce the mother back into the movie. Because number one, and I do believe the sequel revolves around, I'll talk about the sequel in a minute, I do think the sequel, while I was reading the plot, revolves around the mother and Jack, Ted Danson's character. Um, like, you reintroduce this mother, and you then have this, like, real issue at the end of this movie of, like, obviously, like, people struggle and all of that, but actually, it's really, really, really shitty to the baby to just leave the baby on someone's doorstep. Like, people give up babies every day, and it happens. There's lots of reasons for it. But in the context of this light, fun, you know, silly movie, that's actually quite dark. And when she just turns back up, none of the characters call her to account on it because it's a fun, mm-hmm. light, you know, schlocky movie. Yeah. But it's a real hole because you would be, if you were Tom Selleck, you would be, how could you leave that adorable little girl? We all love her. How could you do that? You know, how do we know you aren't going to do it again? Not that they should necessarily be like, you know, shaming this woman at all, but it needs to be addressed in the movie because it's a light, fun movie, just doesn't address it at all. Yeah. It's like oh, the baby was see, on I, holiday. I, it was like, she's like, you watched the baby for six weeks and they knew she was going to turn up after six weeks and get the baby. <laughs> That's what this plays out like. Well, actually, boom, I think you've... if so, Yeah, so your 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 thing is don't have the mum in it, don't make the mum a character. I think your, um, your suggestion there works pretty well. It, it, it kind of neuters it a little bit because you're like, well, they know the baby's going to come back. But even just saying, as agreed, I've left the baby on the doorstep, Jack, now, and then Jack's forgotten, he's fucked off to Turkey, and he's... That actually is quite fun. Again, it, it, it neuters it a bit, but I think that's fine. But what I think, actually, though, is that I think the mum has to be in it for me because I think you need to have you need to have the question resolved. We have the note, which does enough to kind of um, to keep us going all the way through the film. But you need to tie that thread. You need to tie that thread. Now, the way they do the way they attempt to do that, though, I think is the issue. I think she talks a little bit, a little bit about how she's struggling with work and. She's living in New York. She's trying to be an actor. Um, I think you maybe need to, to go a little bit more on, like, that she just had a breakdown. And that not not like a mental health crisis necessarily, but just that thing of just, you know, just there were just so many nappies. And, and I just, I couldn't get the bottles ready in time. And, I, like, just re- make it kind of light, make it relatively good. I just had one of those things where I just couldn't deal with I just needed... I just needed a few days without the baby. Is that is that too much to ask? Make make it make it relatively, make make it fun and make it kind of um, that you can relate to that because every I mean 
even looking after your niece, you have days where it's like, I j- no, I don't want to have to deal with screaming. And I'm an uncle, so I don't throwing... fucking have to. Exactly, you can handle that. But but you know, you just sometimes you just don't want to deal with that, and you just well, want get, to sit I and get you want that, to play Sam. video games just... by yourself. But do you not think? Do you not think though? If you're gonna keep the if you're gonna keep it in the movie, the the mother in the movie, that you need to, you need to express why that why she's she's left the baby a lot better because you can go dark and go mental health crisis and all that. But oh, it's I you know trying to work in New York is hard, and I'm going to go to London, uh, and so not sure that works either the london thing is is kind of a bit distracting as well because then it's it, it, the end of the movie becomes about this them running to the the airport uh and her saying actually no i don't want to go to london i want to yeah. stay with you and doesn't I do really kind of get sense. that it's <laughs> yeah. like a weird it, for me sam it's the one part of the script and I, if I was a proper podcaster, I would have researched what the French movie does because I think maybe that's part of the problem is they don't they don't drop enough from the French version for the adapt- adaptation. But like, I just think if you didn't have this scene, or if like I said, you'd established earlier that like there'd been some mix up and yes, she'd never told Jack about the baby, or like maybe Jack thought she was coming to visit the next day and she comes and she leaves the baby with a housekeeper or something, you know. And like, and I hate to suggest this, but maybe the housekeeper doesn't speak English or whatever. And then you can still have all of the same stuff with Tom Selleck and Steve Gutenberg and all the confusion. Yeah. But then you don't have this complicated moral thing of like, if you put yourself in this situation, you know, rightly or wrongly, you, all three of these guys would be really upset with this mother. Not necessarily permanently, not necessarily like she's a horrible person, but there would have to be questions answered and they're all just kind of like, oh, Mary, your mum's here, it's time to go home, as if, like, it's the most normal thing in the world. And I think, and again, I don't know what that, I don't know what the mother being in it at the end of the movie is adding to it, really. I think the resolution of them just raising this baby together, like, that's quite nice and pleasant and the mother being there, I think, is nicer. I just think there's too much unpacking to do and what I would do is save that for the sequel. Because the sequel, mm. Um, mm. which I haven't seen, but I've read the plot summary of, the sequel is three men and a little lady. Uh, they're all still living together. And the sequel, I think, is basically like your more classic rom-com between Jack and the mother getting back together. And like, actually, if you had a sequel where she comes back and she says, you know, I just lost my head and I had to get out of there and I felt guilty about it ever since. You can have a really thoughtful touching scene where she wants to you know be back in her daughter's life make amends make amends etc yeah, yeah, yeah like in the sequel but just keep it out of this movie because up until that point where i thought the movie had ended where we had this montage i was like what a fun light movie that wasn't quite what i was expecting and like yes it's yuppies being yuppies and that's something but like it's fun yeah. it's watchable yuppies with a heart of gold exactly though. yeah and this ending i think yeah. just raised more questions than it answered for me yeah, no, I think I think that it's think a retreat. Totally right. I think it's a retreat back to the standard family unit of a mum, a dad, and a baby. Yeah, although they do they do have this thing where they're all they're all together, and that's see that's where I think maybe having her just overemphasizing emphasizing the fact. I mean, they do this in the film actually. To be fair, they they do this in the film where she can't cope, and so now 
she's got loads of help you know she's got all this help from from all the guys and they're all this family unit as a way so i think i think we're maybe i i i think there's there's like half of good ideas in the movie and i think they should have either picked up either your side or maybe gone with with my one and made it a little a little bit lighter and and, and less kind of I don't know. It's like it just feels a little bit half hours. It's not quite as as nice and ending. It's I think a, necessary. it's a need to avoid, and maybe it's the touchstone of it. Like it's the need to avoid the really serious subject matter, at, especially yeah. at yeah. the very end of your movie. And I get why they did that, but then at the same time, just write this woman out of it, and then like yeah. problem solved. Yeah, yeah. No, because she's not really a character. I, I, we don't know anything about oh, no. this woman at all. Um, no, and that's I think maybe there you maybe need to have some more setup, you know, to try and to actually get us to invest a little bit more in this. But yeah, so but I think I think it's I think the, the overall point though is that it doesn't it's it's not quite as good an ending as necessarily it should be. You know, you don't end on the big high that they've got the baby back and that's the important thing. And and I think you know if not for the kind of logic of the movie having to resolve itself because of the note at the start that you that they you you wouldn't necessarily need to have uh in the film um as you say yeah it's tricky um but, but uh, it's a fun movie uh it's holds up i thought surprisingly well uh aside from well, the total lack of a female character with agency um but yeah, in 1987 which- um with in a film starring three men, I feel like, you know, <laughs> it's just not the sort of movie Hollywood was making. They maybe didn't consider, you know, think that there was space for for that type of thing. And, and they might be right to a certain from, extent. Like, yeah. the movie is about three men raising a baby. How do you work a female character into that without it detracting from the spectacle of three men raising a baby? Yeah, especially when the film is so centered around that yeah. that point of like. You know, but actually, you know, I think I think it's relatively progressive in a lot of other ways, though. You know, it's treating it's 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 poking fun at at men's ability to do, um, you know, to parent, to be parents and to look after children, which is but it's kind of nice. It's it's relatively warm. It's relatively lighthearted. They never present engaging. They never present looking after a baby as like women's work as such. Never present it as something that these guys well, I think it shouldn't that, be able it? to do. I think in a positive way. I think it's very much like, of course, men I can think be it's fathers. Sane. Yeah, that's what I think it's saying. I think that's the difference between maybe that and a, a more mean spirited movie, which would be, you know, like oh, the the mum turns up and saves the day because these guys don't know what they do. Actually, it turns out that it's not women's work to look after kids. It's actually it's a it's it's war. It still work, <laughs> dads. Oh yeah, oh boy, definitely. But it's but it's for da- it's for the dads and it's for these guys as as kind of you know uh, 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 adoptive parents or whatever else that they're doing to support to look after this kid. And I think that's really nice. and that's parents, where I think perhaps is the word. Uh huh. Uh huh. I think that's where the that's where the warmth of this movie comes through, which is why I think it holds up so very well. Um, I think it's Tom uh, Selleck's mustache. Know. I think that's why this movie holds up so well. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 the structural integrity of the mustache isn't it it's literally the the force of it is is holding up the lighting the sets everything all of it is just 
It's the, it's the load-bearing moustache. It really, really is the linchpin of this movie, is Tom Selleck's moustache. Um, I might shave my beard off and just have the moustache, just to know. But it's not nearly, <laughs> it's not nearly as nice you, as Tom Selleck's. It's... Uh, you haven't got the uh, you haven't got the jawline or the muscle structure, I think, to, oh, sure, to get away with sure, that. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But that, that is what it is. Or the talent, or the physique, or the raw you sexual physique uh, twice magnetism. There. And yes, my physique is more than twice as bad as Tom Selleck's in this movie, despite <laughs> me being 10 years younger. Um, and the physique. I'm as hairy as Tom Selleck. That's got to that. count for something. Um, it, 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 it is a thing. It's a thing Certainly. that we now have to. I think twice in a tw- twice in a row uh, we've we've talked about. Yes, we have body your, shamed um... me several weeks concurrently. <laughs> um, I think it was on the pilot last week though, so uh, maybe we're crossing the streams a little bit. Um, but we'll be back next week uh, with more disgusting details about my body um, and perhaps another <laughs> film. And in the meantime, um, we've got a heroin deal to get to, or possibly an appetite. <laughs> it's impossible to tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs>